Welcome to the Founding Fearless podcast. We're your hosts, Ingrid and Cameron, and we're here to support you through your journey in becoming a fearless leader and discovering your inner confidence. We are talking all things entrepreneurial through a college woman's lens. We hope to leave you feeling empowered after each episode. Enjoy! In this episode, we are interviewing founder, executive chairwoman, and chief creative officer, Kendra Scott. Designer, founder, and philanthropist, Kendra Scott started her company in 2002, just three months after her first son was born. Her commitment to innovation, quality, customer service, and detail has taken her from a small startup to a billion-dollar brand. With over 2,600 employees and over 130 standalone stores, Kendra Scott is known for its design and material innovation, use of color, and signature shapes. Today, Kendra Scott offers fashion, demi-fine, fine jewelry, watches, engagement rings, home accessories, and a men's collection, Scott Bros by Kendra Scott. As the brand continues to grow, Kendra and her namesake company remain true to its founding philosophy of family, fashion, and philanthropy. And since its beginning, the company has given back significantly to local, national, and international causes, supporting organizations that serve women and youth in the areas of health and wellness, education, entrepreneurship, and empowerment. Kendra was awarded the EY Entrepreneur of the Year National Award in 2017, was inducted into the Texas Business Hall of Fame in 2019, and appeared as a guest shark on seasons 12 and 14 of ABC's Shark Tank. With a passion for empowering the next generation of female leaders, Kendra is currently a professor of practice at the Kendra Scott Women's Entrepreneurial Leadership Institute at the University of Texas at Austin. In addition, Kendra is a member of the Board of Directors for the Breast Cancer Research Foundation and the Council of Fashion Designers of America, while she maintains her position as Executive Chairwoman and Chief Creative Officer of Kendra Scott, LLC. Today, her company continues to operate out of Austin, Texas, where she lives with her family. Please welcome Kendra Scott to the Founding Fearless podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Founding Fearless podcast. We are so excited today to be interviewing the one and only Kendra Scott, the designer, founder, and philanthropist. Thank you so much, Kendra, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here with you guys and I've been looking forward to this for a while. And we do have to add professor to that list of things because uh, like many of you know, Ingrid and I mentioned this probably in every episode about the class that we took that was co-taught by Kendra and Jan Ryan. So of course we have to add professor to that as well. So I love that professor Scott. I love it so much. And you know, the fact that you guys were coming on when we just had founded the KS Women's Entrepreneurial and Leadership Institute and really, you know, have been with us over the last few years to really see it grow and develop. So it's wonderful to be able to chat with you guys today. Well, we want to kick it off. You know, we want to let know a little bit more about you. I feel like we know a lot personally, but we want to share with everyone the fabulous you. So could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Where did you grow up? What were the early days of Kendra Scott as a person? Yeah, you know, I grew up in Wisconsin, actually, a little town between Milwaukee and Chicago on Lake Michigan. And, you know, my mom's family were all farmers and coal miners. So very country lifestyle, spent a lot of time outside uh, and and really viewing hard work. Uh, When you think about hard work, I always say, look at a farmer and then that does farms the fields in the day and then goes to the coal mines at night. That's hard work. Uh, What I get to do every day is just a wonderful, fun, amazing uh, career that I get to enjoy. But I got to witness really hard work up close and personal in those early days and really appreciated that, you know, you have to put a lot into life to get something out of it. Um, Also, though, on the other side of it, I had my dad's sister um, and she was a fashion director at a department store in Milwaukee, Wisconsin called Gimbel's at the time. And so she was on the whole nother world, right? You go from the farming to my aunt who was this, you know, tall, beautiful, just unbelievable style, how she coordinated things. 
and just a, you know, trailblazer. Uh, back then, you know, in the 80s, uh, very few women were in those roles uh, as fashion director. There were really men buying women's fashion. And so she was, you know, definitely stood out in the crowd because she was one of those women that really was able to get that role herself. And I just looked up to her and admired her. And I thought, you know, gosh, I want to be just like my aunt Joe when I grow up. And I loved her confidence, um, how, you know, she really could command a room. Um, you know, she was always so well-prepared for every presentation, even when she was walking into a room full of men, she had that confidence about her, uh, which I really looked up to and admired and just wanted to emulate. And I think, you know, having both of those experiences growing up, being able to really witness two very different lifestyles really formed the person that I am today. Very down to earth. I still love to get in my garden. I like to get my hands dirty. I appreciate a hard day's work, but I also knew that I wanted to be able to be a woman who could be a trailblazer for other women, just like my aunt Jo was for me. Yeah. So looking back, was there a certain memory that you remember about like sparking entrepreneurship in you, or was that just something that kind of happened over time that you were interested in? It's funny because I always was one. First of all, I worked since I was 13 years old. So I've always, I mean, there's long as I can really remember, I've had a job. And even before then, I was babysitting and then helping in my dad's office and doing work. Uh, I was filing for him, I think, at like seven and eight years old. So uh, I was always, you know, working. And, but I was lucky because I got to witness entrepreneurship up close and personal. My dad was a lawyer, but he wasn't a typical lawyer because he started his own little law firm. He put out his sign with his name. He took cases in. He had to go out and promote himself and garner business. He had to build a team of amazing people that he had to work with to help him from paralegal to assistant um, and really got to witness that as a young child of seeing him develop and grow his own business and also that loyalty that he started to have with his clients. Um, how he was such a busy lawyer because so many of his clients would refer him to their friends and family because the experience that they had and this real true connection that my dad formed with his clients, uh, that they just love him um, and continue to love many of them still love him, uh, you know, to this day. And then I had my mom who was a homemaker, but wanted to do more. And so she became a Mary Kay consultant and then became a Mary Kay director. And so she was running her own little Mary Kay business out of our mudroom in our house and uh, watching her with how she interacted with her customers, how she then built a team of women. They were called the Jan's Jewels. And they would all meet in our basement on Monday nights and she would, you know, be there to motivate them and, and, you know, help them and cheer them on. And I remember just watching that and, and loving these, like, I called them the pink flamingos, uh, cause they would all be dressed in their pink blazers <laughs> and all this, they just were fabulous. And they'd walk in my house and it was like, Oh, Oh my God, the pink flamingos are here. And they'd go downstairs, you know, and they'd have, they'd start their thing out by singing a song. And I remember seeing that sisterhood of women loving and supporting other women and really lifting each other up and how powerful that was. And so all of these, you know, things that happen in our childhood, we don't necessarily know okay, I'm seeing my dad be this entrepreneur and how he builds a team, how he motivates his team, how he's so about customer loyalty. I'm seeing my mom build her team and how motivating she is and how she cares so much about the customer experience that these were all just going into my little database in my brain of things that I knew that I was so impressed with. And we have these marks in our memories um, that happen in our lives. And for some reason we can remember them like they were yesterday. We remember where we were. Maybe so we remember what we were wearing, what music was playing because those memories imprint on you. They're imprintable memories. And so many of those were imprintable because in my heart, I had this entrepreneurial spirit. I wanted to do something like that. I wanted to forge my own path like my dad did. I wanted to motivate and inspire women. Uh, and I wanted to bring joy. I think for both of them, 
you can't be around either one of my parents and not feel an overwhelming amount of, of joy. Um, they were passionate about what they did. They loved what they did. And I think that really was instilled on me that I needed to also find something that I loved and was passionate about. Well, I think that's so interesting that you brought up those three different values of loyalty, community, and joy, because I feel like those are things that Kendra Scott really stands <laughs> for. <laughs> it so, is. Yeah. And it's, for, yeah. It is. It's, I mean, it's my core values, right? A lot of ways is those things that happen in our lives. I think that's so important for everybody listening is that we'll go through moments of our, from our childhood to our high school years. And some of them may be good things that imprint on our brain. Some of them may be difficult things we went through, but that has made you, it's built resilience. It's giving you perspective that you may not have had. It may give you empathy for somebody else later down the road. So I think, you know, for all of us is to think about all these things that are happening in our lives. They may be this bridge uh, to where it's going to take you, where you're going to go, even if you don't realize it at the time, like I didn't, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's so important. So going back to like the early days now of Kendra Scott LLC, the jewelry company, what were those days like? How did you start it? What was that whole process like? You know, it was very, very basic. I, you know, I had had a business before I started Kendra Scott, which was a hat company. I did headwear for men and women undergoing chemotherapy. And then I just sold every kind of hat you could imagine from derby hats, wedding hats, whatever. And I, after five years, that business failed. Like I couldn't, I wasn't selling enough hats. People were not wearing hats again. You know, like it was 1940, I had to regroup and I was really scared um, to start another business. Uh, I got a job for a little while, but I was still making jewelry for my customers that were my hat customers because I had sold some jewelry in my store. And it was funny because I was so focused that the hats had to be the thing of my future that I didn't see what was actually working. And what was actually working was the jewelry. And so customers would still call me and, and want a pair of earrings or whatever. And I found myself while I was still having my job making jewelry and selling jewelry kind of on the side. It was my side hustle. And as I started to go along with this and I got married and I became pregnant, I thought, maybe I could take this jewelry and make it something bigger, but I didn't want to announce it to the world. I didn't want to say I'm starting this company and everybody, because I had failed. And I thought, well, they're all going to think here's the failure. She's, you know, she's a failure. She's trying to start something else. What, what's she doing now? You know, <laughs> and that is such a, and I bring that up for a very specific reason, because so many of us go through those things of self-doubt and where we feel like, we don't have that confidence in ourselves. We lose that when we go through those types of struggles or failures or things that don't work. And I think, you know, and Kendra Scott did too. And it took me a little while to start selling my jewelry, going to boutiques. So I started out of my extra bedroom, hand making every piece on a card table that my mother brought over. I had a bead board and some wire and some tools and, and literally was making everything by hand. I took my first collection of jewelry with my three-month-old son. So after he was born, a lot of this I was making while I was pregnant with him. And we went out and we went store to store in Austin, Texas, and him in a little baby carrier uh, in my front and me carrying a little tea box full of jewelry and went in and started to just get some orders. And, you know, again, it was one order, then led to five orders and then reorders and I just kept going slow and again, not being really loud about it, but the momentum started picking up. All I focused on was making sure that every account I sold into would be successful. So whatever they ordered, I was going to make sure they sold. And if they didn't sell it, I was going to replace it with something that would sell because the more successful those stores were, the more successful I would be. And as a previous retailer in the hat business, none of my designers would ship hats to me and say, Kendra, if they don't work, we'll ship you a different one or send back that one, or we're going to come to your store and do trunk shows, or we're going to come help merchandise our hats in a really cool way for you. No one was giving me support as a retailer. And I thought, this is how I can stand out and be different and fill a void, fill a white space that wasn't out there. Give customer service to a level that they have never seen before. And so I focused so innately on these customers that they quickly built because the word of mouth grew. 
And I was refilling orders like you couldn't believe. And then finally I was like, well, I better come up with a name for my business. But at that point I had just made a business card and it said, Kendra Scott, jewelry designer. And so <laughs> I was already known as Kendra Scott, the jewelry designer. And I thought, well, what other name am I going to put on it at this point? Cause I already have great customers. So that's how I decided to name Kendra Scott. Kendra Scott. Uh, it wasn't that I thought, oh, I want to be like, you know, Ralph Lauren and have my, no, it was that I just made a business card with my name on it and put my phone number. <laughs> I love that story. Me too. I've never heard that one before from you. So I had always wondered, but I think it's so cool how clear it, it is that, that you called it failure of the hat business. Like it was so clear how important that was so that you could know, okay, what I learned from there. Now I bring into my new business of Kendra Scott. So it was like, I feel like in the moment, we don't always know what those failures are going to bring us. But for you, it, it ended up being so clear. That was like, oh, I knew that what those retailers were doing wasn't working for me. And so I want to change and be different. And now obviously it's super successful. So, <laughs> well, uh, and that's, you know, I think that's such a good point is that when you're in it, right. That hat store was a master's degree in retail. I could not have, I don't know if I would have ever been able to possibly understand how difficult it is to run a retail business if I hadn't lived through the pain, because it was painful of making rent and figuring how I was going to pay a staff and all of these things, right? And and running a business that was struggling um, and, and learning so many valuable lessons so that when I did start the next thing, then I had all of those, I call them golden nuggets of wisdom in my pockets that I could then take out and go, okay, I'm not going to make that mistake again, or I'm going to do this differently, or this isn't what I, this is what I wanted and couldn't get help with. How can I provide that? And so it really did. I, I'm so thankful for that failure. And I think if you talk to most entrepre successful entrepreneurs, they had an unsuccessful moment, a failure, something that didn't work right, an investment, you name it. I don't know. I honestly don't know a successful entrepreneur that had not failed at least once prior to having their big success. So what that tells us is that, look, you have to go out there and take risks. And those risks, hey, hopefully it's going to work out, right? You're not going into it to go, oh, I really want to go and fail at this. You know, yay, that sounds awesome. No, we don't. But in retrospect, if you hadn't do, do those things that you're going to do, taking those risks, taking those, uh, you know, being courageous, really, uh, you wouldn't be able to do what is going to work. And you have to be able to say, I'm going to take this failure. I'm going to literally examine everything I learned. And then I'm going to try again. And I'm going to be brave again. And I'm going to be courageous again, because look, I'm already halfway there. I got the first step out of the way you know, and that's a very different way to look at it. Yeah. So something that we had kind of talked about before was the core pillars of Kendra Scott, which are fashion, family, and philanthropy. So how did you decide that even from the very beginning, you wanted philanthropy to be uh, like so important to your mission? Because I, I, I know that like you were saying that you were just kind of selling as you go, but you always kept philanthropy right at the core of your business. So how did you decide that? So with my first business, I was motivated to start creating headwear for men and women with chemotherapy because my stepfather was going through brain cancer treatment and of course lost his hair, but I was meeting so many women uh, that were losing their hair during their process, right? Through chemotherapy, radiation, et cetera. So, and just knowing it, my love of fashion and I did love hats and I thought, well, why aren't there more comfortable headwear options out there for women? And that they could feel maybe a little bit more like themselves again and feel confident. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's hard enough, right. To be sick and to going through something like this, but as a woman, losing your hair is really devastating and you don't feel necessarily always like yourself. So I thought if I can use my love of fashion to help these women, then that would be something good. And I learned a lot from my stepfather during that time while he was going through his treatment. And he said, Kendra, we are given a very short time on this earth. You don't know how long you're going to have, and you need to utilize the gifts that you've been given to make a positive impact on this world and doing something that you love where you get up every day and you're excited and thrilled to do it. 
And so when I started the hat box and I could see that we were making a positive impact, when we deliver a hat to a patient or they'd come into my store, into the private dressing room and put one on. And I could see them that like their life come back inside of them. I knew this is what I, I wanted my life's mission to be, was be able to make a difference by doing what I loved, which was fashion and design. You know, when at the ended stage of his life, uh, I actually had opened my store and I had brought him into my store in a wheelchair. At that point, he wasn't able to walk anymore and he had very limited speech. Uh, he could understand you, but he had very limited ability to put sentences together. And he was just beaming with pride, tears in his eyes and wanting to say something to me. And I knelt down by his wheelchair and I put my hand on his lap and I said, Rob, it's okay. You don't have to say anything. And he shook his head. I'm going to say something to you. So, and I was like, okay, okay. (laughs) And he said three words and they were, you do good. And I knew exactly what he meant with those three years, three words, because we had talked about it so often. And he was saying, you're doing good. You're helping people. You're using your talents to make a difference in a positive way. And those three words have stayed with me since that day on. Uh, I lost Rob to cancer. He died when he was 47. I'm 49 years old. I am every birthday. I truly celebrate and think about all the things I need to do because I know in those years, he would have loved to been able to do more for other people. And so when I started Kendra Scott, it was the same for me. I, I just knew that's what I, how I would measure success is if I could do good in this world, create beautiful jewelry that bring people joy and make them feel good, not just look good, but make them feel good about themselves, that that would be success. And that was at the foundation from the very beginning. So I decided, hey, whoever calls, no matter what, I'm never going to say no. If you need a piece of jewelry for a silent auction or a raffle, I can make a necklace, I can make a pair of earrings, but I'm not going to turn you down. And we've kept that philosophy for now almost 22 years. Well, I think it's just so incredible everything that you've been able to do with Kendra Scott, how you guys have been able to, you know, create KS Welly and this incredible endowment at the University of Texas, but then also everything that you guys do for breast cancer awareness in Houston. And then also just within our communities at every Kendra Scott store, depending on whatever city that is. Was there ever, do you think, and ever a specific moment in which you realized you achieved your entrepreneurial goals or in your head, you're like, okay. Like I'm Kendra Scott now, like, wow. (laughs) You know, I I get asked that. I think that, you know, when you are a true entrepreneur, you don't ever come to a place where you're like, I'm done. I did it. Um, There's always something you're striving for. And it's not necessarily, I want a financial or whatever. It's more a conflict for me. It was, I want to start an institution at University of Texas that supports women in every background to learn the entrepreneurial mindset. That was something that just drove me. That is very entrepreneurial, but it's not a business, right? So I think as as entrepreneurs, especially for me, I always have a million things in my future that I'm going towards and working on. That gives me life. Like I need that in my life. I don't think I'll ever be done. I'll never be like, okay, we're good. (laughs) I did it. Um, I'm very grateful uh, that we've achieved the success we have. And very, I mean, some days I'm shocked, quite honestly. I never in a million years would have thought that out of that little extra bedroom on a card table, I would have an over billion dollar brand today. Um, I did not think that big back then. And that grew over time. And as we continue to grow, I keep thinking bigger. Uh, You know, there's so many things I still want to accomplish within our company, but so many things I want to accomplish from a philanthropic standpoint as well. So it's exciting to have that. I think for all of us to have those things that we, these these little things out in our future that we're just working towards um, gets us motivated. It gets us jumping out of bed in the morning. It gets us excited for our days. And for me, I, I hope that never stops. Yeah. So speaking of that transition, um, how has your role changed from, obviously you were talking about what it was when you started Kendra Scott to now being the executive chairwoman. So what is kind of the day-to-day look like now? And how is that different from the beginning? Well, from the beginning, I did everything. (laughs) So (laughs) I was designer, uh, production, sales, 
a head of sales, accounting, fulfillment, shipping, logistics, uh, you name it. I was wearing all the hats uh, and doing all the things and have and toting a baby with me everywhere I was going. Oh uh, Kate Scott, by the time he was three years old, had 75,000 frequent flyer miles. I love uh, it. <laughs> because he went with his mama. I mean, we went to New York and I'd have to do a market. He was there with me. Um, <laughs> if we went to LA, wherever I was, Cade was with me. And so, uh, you know, that kid has no idea. I don't know how much of that he remembers from, <laughs> you know, zero to three, but, uh, you know, that was just how it was. And then slowly I was able to hire one person and then I had help with production. And then I had, you know, then as I'd start to, st I was hiring by skill set. So these are the areas that I really knew that I was not great at. I needed a great accountant. I couldn't have a full-time accountant in the beginning. So I outsourced certain things and had certain things in-house. We you know, started working with the University of Texas pretty early even and had a lot of interns because I really believed that younger education coming in could really help us as much as it could help them. And so that was amazing. So many of my interns, many of them today are vice presidents within the company and uh, started as an intern in, you know, earlier in earlier days. So we were wearing a lot of different hats. Uh, and what I love about that kind of scrappy small business, it's roll your sleeves up mentality. When you start that way, okay, when you start with $500 and not a million dollars or $2 million, you have to be scrappy you can't, I mean, scrappy isn't even the world. Like you are, you are doing whatever you can do to save money, cut costs, figure out how efficiently you can get something done in a 24 hour period. And that is a great thing. And don't underestimate that. It seems crazy when you're in it. Cause it's like, oh my gosh. But when you have that, as you grow a company, that mentality translates I still am not too good to do anything in my company. If I walk into a store and I go in the back room and the toilet's clogged, guess who's going to fix it? I'm going to fix it. If, you know, I'm there, I am not too good to do anything in my store. I read something recently that said, are you going to be the one who owns the business or cleans up the mud off the floor? And I commented back, I'm both. Yeah. Um, I think that's what makes a great business owner. And it takes though that how it started for me was that literally how that started is it's been ingrained in my body to be that way. So even as I hire people, I can't stand hiring people that have that elitist, well, that's not my job. Oh, I don't do that. Oh, that le I, le I need three assistants because I don't, you know, blow. I'm like, oh, you're not going to work in our culture because yeah. our culture is we all do whatever we have to do to get the rock up the hill today. And we're all going to put our hands on it and we're all going to be there and we're all going to be able to support each other. And so that's part of the culture that we've created today. It's changed. Yes. I mean, I don't have to do those things, but I will do them, whatever it takes. Uh, you know, what, whenever we need to do anything, I'll do whatever it takes. But I think for me, the, the change has been that I get to really now be the visionary again. I'm out of the day-to-day, -day, just minutia in the weeds of solving problems, okay? There's a million problems you get every day as an entrepreneur. Shipments aren't making it. This is happening. How are we going to do that, right? You're dealing with contracts and negotiate. I mean, it's every day, right? There's all these things. As chairwoman and not CEO, which I was for 20 years, I'm now getting to be the visionary again and thinking about what are the next 20 years of Kendra Scott going to be creating new brands under our umbrella, creating new line categories. I mean, all these exciting things where I can now bring all those things that I'm truly great at to life, the customer experience, the store experience, all of those elements. So I'm in a really fun stage of this. But it's also very similar to the beginning. We just launched a new brand, Yellow Rose by Kendra Scott. I laughed as a team. A lot of that team is part of my OG team. And I wanted them on this team because I want to treat it like a startup, like we did with Kendra Scott, that guerrilla marketing ideas, like how we just got out there and we were scrappy. Uh, that's what's making this brand have the success it's having is because of that kind of attitude. I love how you touched on that. And I also wanted you to share a little bit more about how Kendra Scott cultivates that community and that culture within the leadership and within the employees. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and then also the importance of building a team with diversity and inclusion. 
So that's a two-part question. I know. Sorry. Don't mean to throw you over there. No, and I might need you to repeat the second part because I'll get so into answering the first one. I might forget. But um, the, the first part of that is you really have to understand your core values. And I talk a lot about this in my class. You guys took my class, so you know this. And a lot of times companies talk about core values and it's like not, they don't understand what I'm saying. They think it's, I always joke at the one of we work hard when we play harder and we, you know, this is like, no, like that's not your core value. What are your, what are the things that matter to you? For me, I was a mom and my family was my number one priority. And I wanted to be in business for myself, but I wanted to be a mom first. And everyone I know is going to know that. And I wanted other mothers and fathers to be able to be there for their families first and then be able to have a great career on top of that. So family was number one for me. Family is everything. And I wanted a work environment where we treated each other like family, where I felt like I had brothers and sisters that had each other's back, that were rooting for one another. And so that personality type of having like-minded people with a like-minded heart, okay? Heart is so important in business. What is that heart, right? The soul of who you are as a company, but who, what is in your soul? Cause that's going to relay as an entrepreneur. The second for me was obviously fashion and design. I wanted people to be in my company that love my products and that loved what we were doing. And so if you didn't love our product, then don't work for me, right? Like it's okay if you don't love Kendra Scott jewelry, but you shouldn't work at Kendra Scott. So fashion was a big part of it. They needed to be passionate about our company and our design. And then the third part for me was giving back. I knew from day one that that I wanted to make an, a, an impact in a positive way on the on my community. And now my community has gone to all over the world, but at then it was just Austin. And I wanted people within my organization to value that just as much and to understand the importance of that. And that meant us volunteering our time together that, you know, it may not always be donating something. It may be that we are going to be present. We're going to show up and do things. So if that's not something that interests you, that's okay. But that's part of our culture at Kendra Scott. That's who we are. That's part of the DNA. Of, of who we are. So we started really being very particular in who we'd hire. Um, you look at some of these resumes and I call them gold plated resumes. The experience is unbelievable. They're, what they've done is like, whoa. And then you've gotten, I've gotten some of those who have the core values in line. And that's when it's like, yes, like let the look, like this light is shining. They've got all this amazing experience, things that, and we're going to get into the second part of your question that I don't have that I need. And they, and they have my core values and we love the same things. And we have the aligned vision. We want to, we're headed in this place and we're all going there together. Amazing when that happens, but there's times in that gold plated resume, you sit across from him and you can feel, you know, the animat, the ink, whatever it might be. Right. It's just like, and you get this gut feeling. You're like, Oh, I mean, God, <laughs> this resume is great, but Oh, there's just, I'm not, I'm feeling not warm and fuzzy. I'm feeling like you know, anxious and, you know, stressed and realizing that those people can become a cancer in your organization if you hire them, no matter what their experience is. And that's what creates a great culture is you have to be so true to being able to let the gold-plated resume walk away. Say somebody else is going to get that person. And I'm okay with that because I can teach a skill, but I cannot teach you how to have heart and soul, kindness, generosity, love, joy, all the things that we look for, an optimistic attitude, um, all of those things are, are things that we look for at Kendra Scott. So that's what's created this beautiful culture. The second part of your question was, uh, I believe, finding people on your team. And I wrote, I read a book called Now Discover Your Strengths. I think it's a great book by Marcus Buckingham. I recommend it to a lot of folks. And it really helps you write down the things that throughout your day that you love, that you slip, put the paper in half, love and loathe. He's British. <laughs> and so instead of love and hate, it's love and loathe. With, I think it's so much better, isn't it? <laughs> so, <yes. laughs> um, so you have love and loathe and you write down throughout your day. These are the things I love doing. Oh my gosh, I love being in the design room. I love designing. Oh, I love going down to the store and meeting with my customers. I love thinking about, you know, how they're going to experience the store. I love creating all these experiences. I love going to Kendra Gives Back events. I want to do more of that. 
oh God, the spreadsheet I had to do today. I think I'm about, I mean, talk about loathe. If I have to look up one more cell or figure out how to link these pages together, I am going to cry. Okay. But I spent today four hours of my day creating a spreadsheet and I only spent an hour of my day doing all the things that I love. Well, that person's not productive. Okay. For one. And two, there is somebody who's writing on their love and loathe. I loved working on that spreadsheet today. It's the most beautiful piece of art. I put all these links together. It's so easy. The tabs, everybody can access this and they're loving that. And maybe they're getting forced to go down in the store and sell. And they're like, I hate being in front of people. I'm not a good, I'm not good like this. This is not my personality. And so when we did that, we started to say, okay, this position may be X, but Hey, you love that. Let's have you focus on the things you love. And that creates an amazing work team and a collaborative team. And it also gives you self-awareness. I'm not good at that. Loathe means I'm not good at it. Okay. Let's be honest. It's not just that you don't like it. You don't like it because it's not in your comfort zone and you're not good at it. You're great at these other things. And I don't hate to use the word suck, but you suck. You're not great. I I do. Like they lock (laughs) Excel spreadsheets to the chairman of the board. They lock them because I will screw it up. I will. And they know that. And I'm okay with that. We have very open conversations. I said, please lock them because I will. I'll push on something and it'll do something and I don't want to mess anything up. So what's great about that is then you hire people that are great at the things that you're not good at and that love the things that you loathe. And that is how you build this amazing team. And But you share your core values. So you can have that amazing person who's just like data-driven and so into that next to this wild creative who loves everything in colors and shapes. And they get along like peanut butter and jelly because they have the same heart and they appreciate that the other one is so good at something that they could never be good at. And that's how you build an amazing company. There's not one person that can do this alone. There's not one entrepreneur out there that says, oh, I'm good at everything. I can do all these things. They're absolutely lying. That is not true. Um, So- you have to be able to really know what you're not good at and be and own it. Like, I'm not good at that. It's okay. We can't be good at everything, but I'm going to make sure I have a team around me that they are awesome at those things. And then, whoa, watch out what happens. <laughs> That's such good advice. I think I need to make a love and love um, list so that I can <laughs> see what's going on in my own life. So yeah. okay, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the KS Welly. So how did you come up with the vision for the Kendra Scott Women's Entrepreneurial Leadership Institute? And how did that just like, how was that brainchild? How did that come to life? Oh man. So this is a good one. I, you know, I started my hat company at 19. And so I dropped out of college really only temporarily. My goal was to go back. I really enjoyed school. Uh, but my stepfather was really sick at the time. I wanted to spend that time with my mom and with him. And then I started this little hat business on the side kind of thing, which grew into a full-time me working in a hat store seven days a week. Um, and I didn't have that opportunity to go back to college. And so when I started Kendra Scott in 2002, the business was growing, but I had not had any of these entrepreneurship business classes. And I really wanted to learn. I mean, I was in EO, which was entrepreneurs organization. I really wanted to learn from other entrepreneurs. So I joined that organization to really help put myself in front of other people that were like me that might be going through similar struggles and things within their own business. And I realized very quickly that it doesn't matter what business you're in. You could be selling jewelry, you could be selling software, you could be selling the business fundamentals and the entrepreneurial mindset is the same, no matter what you're doing, whether it's service, products, whatever. And I got an opportunity to apply to a class at MIT, uh, which was called the Entrepreneur Master's Program. And 65 entrepreneurs from around the world get chosen for a three-year class. Uh, you're not there the whole time. You go in for a few weeks each year and you have to read all this stuff and you know do various things. Um, and that was mind-blowing. And it's all taught by other entrepreneurs. And I was given these tools and these little, I would, I just couldn't even, I would just was like, it's like drinking out of a fire hose. That's what I always say. Like after they would talk to me, I'd be like oh, writing as fast as I could write and my hand could write. And, you know, just trying to get all these things down, all these, you know, tools, I'd go back to my team. And I started to use these fundamentals 
in my business. And from, and I finished that class in 2009, the recession in the middle of a recession out of the 65, I think there was 50 of us left. 15 of them lost their businesses during the recession. Uh, and I completely changed my business model in 2010. And a lot of that became from understanding this entrepreneurial mindset, being able to get out of the day-to-day of seeing like, this is how it has to go and really being able to learn to pivot and shift and seeing examples of that. And I thought, oh my gosh, if I could have just learned this earlier, how amazing. But I was told when I was in art, you know, fine arts and, you know, doing my thing that you're either left brain or you're right brain. This is old school thinking. Okay. You, you, you're, you, I mean, you can't be a CEO and a designer. I mean, like that's not real. You can't run a business and be creative. Like that doesn't work. And that's absolutely not true. And I'm living proof of that, but I needed those tools to build the bridge between my left and right brain and utilize the superpower of my left brain of creativity to be an amazing entrepreneur. And so my thinking about this, I thought, I want this entrepreneurial mindset, the ability to learn about entrepreneurship, leadership, these fundamentals taught to every student and every woman. Because if we're going to change the number of female founders in this world, we've got to let them know no matter where they are, and they're not in the school of business necessarily, most of them probably are not, that will become entrepreneurs. And I'll be honest, they're in all different backgrounds. And if I can find them and say, you don't have to be in the school of business to learn about business, and I want you to have this gift that you can do it whatever you want. That means starting a business someday, great. If not, you're going to have the entrepreneurial mindset to be able to help you achieve your goals within your career, within your life. And that was really the idea, bringing it to University of Texas, saying, I want this open to all majors, all schools. And that was like, whoa, an entrepreneurship class? And you want to put the student center where? In the (laughs) School of Fine Arts. I'd like an entrepreneurship student center in the School of Fine Arts, the most unexpected place that you could find it on campus. That's where I want it to go because I want every single person, but especially women, to know it doesn't matter what your background is. Anything is possible and you can do this. And I have the toolbox. So come through our doors and we're going to give it to you. Well, it's so incredible because I really feel like that was your vision for it. And I feel like KS Welly has really been living up to that, that we really are interdisciplinary, multidisciplinary from all different colleges and everything like that. So it's just been so cool to to see that. And also how like Cameron and I would have never met each other, but we did because of KS Welly. Yes. Well, and that was my goal too. Yeah. I know. Well, really, really quick, I want to bring that up yeah. because that's such a that was a big key component for what I just said earlier. Is that when you're going to school and you're in and you're taking your class track or you're in the school of education or the school of fine arts, you're around that group of people and that's it. Exactly. And I realized within my team at Kendra Scott that there were some at the school of fine arts and some that in engineering and some that were going to be teachers that are now trainers or you know DMs. So what was powerful about that is that we all have these different backgrounds and Kendra Scott has brought us together as a family. So that was my idea is community was key. I wanted women to see the power of meeting women outside of their interests, right? Where they could start to see, holy cow, and then put foursome like we did in my class to work together, create a business together and see the power of diversity Hmm. in what that brings. And so- that I think for me was one of the things that I think I love seeing the most uh, is not just giving these tools and the education around it is the community and the friendships that have been formed and the realization that we are better together and we're better because of our differences, not in spite of them. And that is a huge difference maker. And if you can see it in living color, if you can be present in it, that can change your life forever. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So now we want to transition into every episode. We do this fun thing at the end, which is called the rapid fire question segment. So we're just going to ask you a series of questions back and forth and whatever the first thing that comes to your mind, you can just say, and it's about five or six questions. So, okay. 
Okay. Are you ready? I haven't prepped for this at all. So okay. um, <laughs> be prepared. I have no idea what you're going to ask me, but it's I'm ready. Better. It's okay, better that okay, way. Okay, so, okay. Okay. The first question is what is something that no one would expect about you? Um, somebody would expect from me, I do a really unbelievable witch laugh. Ooh. Like oh, wow. I could, if I life goes not awry, no, you would not expect it. I could go on the show wicked and I could be the one that does the, the witch laugh. It's that good. I can't do it for you because it'll <laughs> people's speakers will come out of their car. It'll, it'll break things, but it is that good. We'll trust good. you and we're, okay. we'll just wait for your Broadway debut. Yes, please. Yes. Okay. Our next question is, do you have a morning routine? And if you do, could you share with us what that morning routine looks like? Yes. I, I like to be woken up slowly. Okay. <laughs> um, on the weekdays with the kids, there's no slow. It's like alarm goes off and we have six kids in the house. Well, five kids living here. One is at, at UT. One will be going to UT on campus, but it is like chaos. I mean, we get up and it's like, okay, this person, this person, this person, did you have this? Do you have this? Did you put your homework back in your backpack? Who's eating this? I want pancakes. I want cereal. I want this. You're going here. Who's driving this person? I mean, it's just like from like 640 to eight o'clock. 8.15-ish around there, pure chaos. And then I'm like, now I'm going to slowly wake up after I've been like, hair on fire. I go back to my room or into my office here at home where I'm sitting right now. I get a nice cup of coffee. I have my fuzzy slippers. I have a lot of different fun, fuzzy slippers and a variety of funny mugs. So they make me laugh. And I chill. I read my news. I go through all my newsreels. I'm reading what's happening in the world. I have a daily dashboard that I get from my company to kind of tell me what's going on within the organization. And it's just like my time. And sometimes I'll put on like news in the background where I'm watching today's show or something, you know, that's going on that's like nice. But I need that like usa before I go into business mode. Um, and because that morning starts off so hectic. And I love to do yoga. So, you know, sometimes I can only do 15 minutes. Sometimes I can do 30. Sometimes I can do 45. But that routine of giving that time for myself in the morning changes everything. Um, and then I drink a very healthy smoothie. Sometimes it's green juice. Sometimes, <laughs> like, I try to put something healthy inside of my body to keep me going. But I think those mornings of just having a little bit of time for you is a very hard thing to accomplish, but you have to kind of set some of those boundaries to know how you can be the most productive because then once I do that, I'm off to the races, you know, it's a million things. And I'm like, boom, 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 boom. Let's knock all these things out. And I'm prepared and I'm ready mentally, physically, all of those things to do that. Um, I used to just run when I had the boys in school it never, I mean, I would get all the work I could done while they were in class. And I still do that to a big extent, uh, where I'm working when they're at school. And then when they're done with school, I try to be present for them as much as I can be, but it's every day is different, but that's how I like my days to go. Yeah. I have to say your family reminds me so much of mine. Cause we're a blended family of six and there's four boys and two girls. And so oh my gosh, following <laughs> along with your family, like we're a little bit older, like my oldest brother. Yeah. Is 28, but it really reminds me so much. And I know my mom feels the same way. She's like, anytime she'll see any of your stuff where it's like all crazy, she's like, that's exactly oh, yeah. what's for us. So we yeah, have I love it. And it was literally exactly what you're saying. So I love following along and really reminds me of my family. Okay. Next question. Uh, who is your favorite entrepreneur or leader? Are you serious? I have to pick my favorite. You can just write, just right now in this moment. It doesn't have to be yeah, overall just in this moment. Okay. In this moment, it's Oprah Winfrey. Oh. I love Oprah. I would say also Dolly Parton, but I'm going to say Oprah Winfrey. Cause she's, I mean, you know, my love of Dolly, I yes. I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> but Oprah, she has, she is one of those for me that I've always looked up to since I was a little girl. Her show was on, I mean, every day when I would come home from school, uh, I would see Oprah on my TV and just thinking about the obstacles that she overcame as a woman, as a black woman, um, sh talk about a trailblazer and talk about a woman who just has also led with kindness 
and really, really so philanthropic, so giving. I've just, I look up to her in so many ways. And uh, I got to meet her uh, one day and it was one of the greatest days of my life. And I cried. I didn't think I was going to be that person, but I did. I cried. And, you know, she gave me a big hug. And I just remember like being inside of Oprah Winfrey's arms and being like, just breathe this in, just like rub all of your Oprah Winfrey magic on me, whatever it takes. I mean, she's, she's amazing. She's an amazing person, an amazing entrepreneur and visionary. Okay. So our next question and our final question for you that we ask everyone is what does founding fearless mean to you? I think, you know, fearless is a word that we hear a lot of, right? And I don't think any founder really is fearless. I think embracing the word fear and then being able to, the less is letting it go. So for me, founding fearless is knowing that I might be scared, that I might be intimidated to walk in a room. I might not be completely sure of myself that I can do something, but then I'm going to take that fear and I'm going to acknowledge it. And then I'm going to let it go. And I'm going to say, I am here. I am confident. I know what I'm doing. And I'm going to walk in there with my head held high and I'm going to do the best I possibly can in this moment. And so I don't think, you know, I I love fearless as a word, but I want us to know that being scared is okay. And, and every time I give up to give a speech, I have butterflies in my stomach. I have, I have, you know, my throat and that's part of it. That anticipation that's that, that is part of the excitement of it. And so when you have that fear, that means you're doing something that scares you. Mm-hmm. And that's good because if it scares you, then that leads to something that is going to be great because on the other side of fear is usually something phenomenal. Well, I love thank that. you so, so much. This was like the best conversation. And I really yes. can't think of a better way for Ingrid and I to round out our last episode. Oh, well, we love you. You, I, you are going to go out and change the world, both of you. And I will be rooting for you with everything I have. And I cannot wait to see what you do. Oh, thank Thank you you so so much, much. Kendra. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, we always, at the end, we ask our guests if they um, have anything that they want to like send out to their, uh, to our audience in terms of like how they can find you, reach out to you, things like that. Yeah. So we have so many ways. Oh yeah. So we have, of course, at Kendra Scott, which is our company, Instagram handles, all the things, you know, you know, all the things, Facebook, whatever. And then we have now new is at official Kendra Scott, which is more me. You get a lot more of behind the scenes. Yes. Yeah. Behind the scenes, scenes, um, because we can't show all these crazy things in my life on the Kendra (laughs) Scott page every day. So we decided there was so much content, um, Mm -hmm. and little tips and tricks and things about, you know, that you'll find in my book born to shine, which by the way, everybody should read if you haven't or get the audio book. Cause I give the audio book. It's a great, great book. And I'm not saying that cause I wrote it, but I really do think it's helpful. Um, and, and then, yeah. And then our new brand, I, you know, we've got Scott brothers for the guys out there. So we have a Scott brothers, Instagram at Scott brothers by Kendra Scott. And we have yellow rose by Kendra Scott Instagram, which is our Western inspired ranch brand that puts the cowgirl front and center. Yeah. I love it. Well, awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure to subscribe and follow the Founding Fearless podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And don't forget to like, rate, and leave us a review.